play the first Coast to Coast Pick 5, featuring a sequence from Gulfstream Park in Florida and Santa Anita Park in California every Saturday and Sunday. Both the $1 minimum and 15% takeout are very player-friendly. Players can bet on track or online, usually listed as a separate track in your ADW. Just look for Coast to Coast Pick 5 in the drop-down. If you play on First Bet or Express Bet, you can get a free $10 bet on the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on select days to participate. Do not forget to register for the promotion. Get the Pick 5 sequence, expert analysis, free pass performances, and more at InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash coast. And be sure to check the podcast we'll be doing every Saturday and Sunday for this new special bet. That URL once again in the money podcast.com slash coast hello and welcome to a special edition of the in the money players podcast this is a carryover show we've got a pick five carryover late pick five at aqueduct today thursday january 5th i'm your host peter thomas fornital back with you in the brooklyn bunker once again and joined as i've been so often recently by a man coming to us from the planet texas no not that guy our other guy from the planet texas he writes for us all the time over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com, and he joins us on these airwaves frequently. He's Nick Tamaro. Nick, what's going on? I'm doing great, Pete, and I have to ask, is Jonathan even an, even a, a, a member of the planet Texas anymore? He is. He's, he's there right now. He's there right now. I think it's still, you know, for, for official purposes, it's, it's half and half. But uh, he, you know, he go he goes back uh, he goes back as often as he needs to, and uh, but yeah, he is uh, he's also a semi New York resident like me. But he's up in that really cold part of New York that I have been yeah. uh, avoiding so far this winter. Let's start this show by addressing this sort of interesting anomaly: how we have a pick five carryover, but not a pick six carryover. Right. So the. The pick six and, and actually every multi-race bet was a mandatory payout on New Year's Eve with the year ending. And then with the card being canceled, uh, that ended up, it basically ended up being that the pick six, because it previously had a carryover, was going to be a mandatory payout on uh, January 1st. Well, the pick five was no longer a mandatory payout. So it carried when the Prince of Joy won the nightcap, the... Uh, the Sunday card featured two wins by Ricardo Legal and one by Eduardo Jones. And when that happens, there's a pretty decent chance of carryovers. So uh, that's what ended up happening when Jackie Davis booted home Prince of Joy in the nightcap. And so here we are with a carryover of a little over $198,000 to get uh, get things started. One, 198, I don't have the exact number, one, 198 and change. I've got it here, I think. Uh, I'm, see- I'm seeing it, and this could be... The, the digit is interpolated in one of our estimates, but I'm seeing 189, 195. But either way, it's uh, it's an impressive amount of money. Dyslexia could have gotten me on that one, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a good a good little bit of added value and a reason to pay attention to racing on the Thursday. And yeah, the calendar year and the mandatory payout forcing this unusual situation. And um, yeah, hopefully they're a little bit more formful today. Those were some tricky winners to come up with. We start off today's sequence in race number four. We've got three-year-old maiden claiming horses at the ten thousand, excuse me, twenty thousand dollar level. And uh, how do you want to light this candle, Nick? What numbers will be on your tickets? I I thought you had to spread around a little bit here. I, I think you might. Um, the horses that I'm definitely going to use are the one, five, and ten, and and I could see myself backing up with the six, maybe a little bit of the two. Um, you know, touching on those main three, the ten second and read is the horse to beat. He's dropping from 75 to 20. 
getting Lasix for the first time, you know, from any speed figure perspective, he's faster than these horses. He's not fast, but he's faster than these horses. And I think that's enough for him to, uh, to get the nod here, uh, drawn favorably on the outside. Jimmy Ryerson's underrated. I know he has a low percentage uh, in terms of, of win totals, but he he has a lot of bad horses. And and this is a horse who, you know, kind of fits what he generally has pretty well. I think he'll run an improved race here. I picked the five Saratoga strong on top and, and mainly because Ray Handel has some really terrific numbers with second time starters and maiden claiming races on the dirt. They're also doing a little bit of the, of the ultimate makeover here with him second time out. He was already a gelding, but they're adding Lasix, they're adding blinkers, and they're getting him a 10-pound weight break. So he's in super light. One of the, the ways that we've seen Maddie Oliver really uh, show that she is quite proficient is just putting horses on the lead. And so I'm hopeful that that she does that and takes no prisoners on the front end and tries to bottom this field out. He broke slow. He climbed a lot in the first furlong or so of his debut and when he started to get some dirt in his face. So he likely needed that race benefits from getting it. And I think he'll improve per KDP on the rail uh, chased a hot pace last time out at parks and tired late. I wonder if that probably, you know, did him in Jeff Engelhardt had a very, very good winter here in uh, 21 into 22. And this is the kind of horse I could see him turn things around with. I had Saratoga strong on top as well. Uh, you know, enough, enough going to be a top pick that no shot trip on debut. You mentioned the makeover, uh, the, the interesting apprentice in Maddie Oliver aboard. And it, as you noted, Ray handles charges. They typically improve better than average second out. And, and this race for me was just crying out for a stranger because 10 second and read must be used, but I just wouldn't want to trust overly at a short price, despite owning the field's best figs and being racing against better and getting Lasix. Um, maybe this horse shows more interest on the early on in the stretch out to a mile, certainly going to have on tickets. Basic truth. You mentioned as a potential backup is one I'd like to back up with as well, has a chance to be loose on paper and took a little bit of a bump at the break last time. Maybe there's a built-in excuse as to why Basic Truth went away so tamely in a race that was run wire to wire. And then Dromoland, I thought, was worth mentioning as a pricey new gelding taking a big drop. Another I wouldn't mind having on tickets. So we're we're pretty similar there. Um, see if Saratoga Strong can get it done for us in the first race of this carryover pick five sequence, which continues with race five, an allowance race going a mile and three sixteenths. Interesting uh, distance here on the dirt and a field of seven going postward. I was going to take a shot at a horse that I think might be a price number six Vasariano. This was a horse I thought might be worth playing around with based on the impossible wide trip on the local debut has solid races out of town granted against much weaker but what I was liking here was the pace scenario just because I thought it would be up front with the number four gasoline and gasoline was bad enough last time that I'm willing to take a shot that maybe just is off form and maybe Vasariano can uh, get a little bit uh, loose or at least easily be best of speed and have enough of a head start to hang on felt like you know gasoline is still probably uh, based on previous form to the last day, one to keep on side in terms of backups, and the one in the seven just looked obvious on figures in form. But I'm going to take a little shot here with the six. How do you see it? Yeah, you know, Vasariano's an interesting horse to me. And the fact that from a looking at multiple different speed figures, you know, he earned those two high buyer figures at Mahoning Valley, and they kind of brought him back to his best figure, which was sprinting at Churchill 
in June of 2022. I got to tell you, I love this guy, Lynn Cash. I mean, he runs his horses like nobody's business. It's great. The guy had guy had more starters in 2022 than Linda Rice did. It's, it's incredible. But um, and so, he, you know, this horse held his form when he came to New York. But I think there's a big difference between the one other than that he exits and the one that he's in today. And that has a lot to do with just the, the top end of it. And the top end of that race was Curlin's Wisdom and Gasoline. You know, this is a maybe a, a this is more like the 85 octane version of Gasoline than, <laughs> uh, than the one that we got that day. And, and I, I agree. I think he's going to get a favorable trip. The key to this race to me, Pete, is, is what you're doing with Tonal Impact. Because if he runs his last race, I mean, they're all they're all in pretty big trouble. But there are enough holes to poke in that race to make you skeptical. He got a nice pace to run at. It was a much weaker field than he faces here. Linda's got very good numbers second off the claim, uh, off of wins, 27% with a 213 ROI in dirt routes. I can tell you from the time way back earlier this year that our friends uh, at 10 Strike had this horse. They liked him. They thought that he, he potentially had room to move forward. And it looks like he's putting it all together now. The problem he's going to run into here is that there's not as much pace and he's going to have to be much closer early, which, you know, Kendrick's been been usually the most alert when it comes to that kind of thing. But he he's no he's no cinch to me. I picked Inejo, who um, had a crazy trip to back at Keeneland long on the dirt in, in a tough race and, um, and ended up finishing sixth after going wide on both turns and making a huge and very ill-advised middle move. I don't know why he ran on the synthetic last time out, but I know that they've kind of done this to prep him already. And it worked. Um, it worked in a format that probably isn't going to be duplicated here, but um, it's a situation where I think he can run an improved race. I don't know if the mile and three sixteenths is exactly what he wants. He probably wants to go a little bit shorter, but he might get the best trip around there being a little bit off the pace and potentially being in position to hold off tonal impact. Unfortunately, I'm going to use the four of them, the one, four, six, and seven. I'll probably relegate Vasariano and Gasoline to backups and mainly use the one, seven, because the one is my top pick. Okay, I like the sound of, uh, of that. A, a little bit of a spready approach, but it's that kind of race. And I'm with you about everything you said about tonal impact. This is a horse, you know, form-wise, figure-wise, you're, you're supposed to press but i can't do it coming out of that super favorable setup and then coming into what might be a very unfavorable setup here so i was just maybe maybe you could accuse me of lazily <laughs> just using as a as a backup i take your points on on in yeho and might consider upgrading a little bit playing a few more ones on tickets there let's well, move and, on and the thing is you're talking about an eight to five shot right i mean you're not doing you're not going to those lengths on you're willing to to give a little ground on a horse that's going to be six or eight to one, but not when they're going to be an overwhelming favorite. Yeah. And it's, it's one of these things where the, you got to decide like in the old days with what a carryover was worth, I would say, I don't want to, you know, if I'm perfect everywhere else, I don't want to miss on this horse, but we've seen in other carryovers, they're getting bet pretty efficiently now. And, and it's, I mean, it's almost indubitably given my opinion, it's almost indubitably the right move to leave the horse out. But I, in the notes I'm going to send around, I don't, I don't think I have the confidence to do that. Just the, the nature of, of the race, but you know, it, it, the, it, theoretically probably a horse I'm supposed to lean against. Let's talk about the sixth race, Nick. We've got four and up New York bred allowance horses going a mile and an eighth on the dirt. And uh, we've got a field of nine, including this, uh, this entry that will go uh, favored in this spot. What, let's keep it with you for your approach to this one. And let's start with the entry, with or against. I think you got to be with, um, maybe more so for Ouster than simply. It's kind of an unfortunate entry because, you know, you'd get a better opportunity to get a price if Ouster was by himself. But 
Um, we'll see if one, you know, both halves end up going. They likely will. They're with different barns. It's funny. They're with uh, Full Moon Fever was with Mark Hennig last time out when he beat Simply. And so it looks like uh, Mark Hennig will run one against Ouster again, or will run one against Simply again. Um, so I would use the entry. You know, obviously, I don't I don't love the situation. Uh, I picked Mason Mania, who I think is going to be dangerous as far as where he'll be positioned early. He had a tough trip last time out, Pete. He, he was out of the gate very poorly and, um, and and made a big middle move to reach contention. That was a very odd race where they really weren't going all that fast. And it looked like the favorite 42 ace had kind of bottomed them out. And then all of a sudden, the whole picture changed. And 42 ace stopped. Uh, Full Moon Fever and Simply went blowing by him. So did Mason Mania. You know, they basically peeled off 14 lengths in front of everybody else. And Mason Mania was beaten uh, quite a distance, but that was his first start for Jeremiah Englehart. I think in a slow-paced race, he's likely to be forward. And I think if Jose Lascano wins that race to the first turn, he might be very dangerous. So mainly ones and twos for me. The horse that scares me is the sixth son of an X. And I, I kind of love in a way that we're at a point where we have to talk about Randy Persaud horses as ones that scare us. And it's mainly because Randy's done really well over the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been, it was a very good fall um, for Randy Persaud's barn. And, and he had a couple of horses run well last week as well. So son of an X, obviously not uh, terribly fond of winning in the past, but you know, you, you pick through his PPs and he shouldn't have really been in the Excel series. He was a huge price in the Kaisha Electronica and ran well enough. He was third behind in Yeho. Um, you know, he was in, in that tough mate, uh, one other than with Montebello and price discipline. He probably shouldn't have been in an open company race last time out and still ended up making up some ground. The worry is why he's, they're using Joey Martinez as a rider. He's not ridden regularly in New York in years, but you know, Randy's a guy that uses pretty much anybody that's willing to take a mount. So he's a horse I'll use prominently as a backup. And depending on scratches, I could see myself upgrading him. I hear where you're going with that second off a layoff horse should, should run better. I had it just like you had it, but in the other order for uh, note keeping purposes with the, with the entry and Mason mania being the interesting alternative. I, you know, you went, you made the, you made the case really already a uh, lack of speed, I guess, is the, is the concern potentially for either half, but I still on numbers went ahead and just and popped the entry on top. Mason mania easily handled by the top pick last time, but this is a, a, a real candidate for, for improvement you made the note about the trip and just looks like a horse that could really be the best speed for a hot trainer and almost has to improve and and should uh, quite possibly get the better of the trips this time around after getting the worst than last time so that seven length difference or whatever it is might not really be as as long or as as uh, far gapped out as that when we see them participate today race number seven fillies and mares in the allowance ranks going seven furlongs on the dirt and uh, I, I went with number two, easy to bless. I just thought it had very, has very darkened up form at this point. And if, especially if that morning line guess of six to one is right, flow upgrade after attending a fast pace in the comebacker where she understandably got tired. And then, you know, it just all went wrong in the bed of roses. But you look at these starter allowance races and they're right there with these. And I liked secret love as an alternative. Should get a very similar trip to last time, I thought. Enough speed to secure good position. Ample finishing ability has won going the seven furlongs. Another race where I'm uh, going with the low numbers, two and one for me. How do you see it? Yeah, my understanding is that Fuete is going to come out of this race, and that's going to change the pace scenario a little bit. Um, we'll likely make Thistlefield the uh, the main speed. You know, I guess dealing with that first, am I a little worried that Thistlefield could wire this this field? Not really. Um, I don't necessarily want to be beaten by it, though. 
Uh, this is a horse who, if she gets loose, could be very dangerous. It's also going to depend on how much pressure uh, Jackie Davis wants to put on Thistlefield with easy to bless. But the problem I have with this race, Pete, is that I think it's easy to acknowledge the piece of my heart is way the horse to beat, but she never wins. I mean, she's got, you want to talk about a camera shyness problem. This horse just seems to, to rest defeat from the jaws of victory left and right. She is significantly faster on thoroughbreds. She's significantly faster on buyer speed figures, time form us. I mean, anything you want to point to, she is, is basically other than secret loves last two races. And I think secret loves last race it, speed figure wise is a little exaggerated based on the trip that she had. Um, she, I mean, she towers over these horses, but how can you trust her at all? That's the problem. I don't really trust secret love altogether. I tried to make a case for basically everybody else. I think Corey is in a good spot class wise. Um, and I like the comeback race off a short layoff in April of 2022. I wonder if Peter Walder was looking to do something similar when he backed off of her after the pumpkin pie. But at the same time, I mean, she, her form was really bad when she went to the sidelines after the princess Rooney. I mean, she took a, a clear step back in each of her three subsequent starts. So, you know, I've, I picked the seven. I know it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I picked it seven, one, four. I don't know if someone for two, I don't exactly know who I'm going to use. I'm going to kind of let the, the, uh, the situation dictate it. We'll see if there's any other scratches besides Fuete. Short summer dress was a horse who I, I wanted to, I wanted to use. Uh, Joe Lee is one of my like pet trainers that I bet more frequently than I should. And based on his record last year, you can tell how well that went, but he's a good trainer. He's Kieran McLaughlin's former assistant. And he's yeah. had a lot of horses that ran well. He had some bad luck, took a nasty DQ at, at Saratoga, but um, without going on a tangent, she's just a horse that doesn't look like she's in good form either. You know, and her best races came for guys like Diodoro and Tom Amos. And, you know, with all due respect to Joe Lee, he's not getting her back to those levels. I, li- I like this idea of the two and the one just getting really good trips in behind Thistlefield. I, I, I'm I'm going to bet this race, I think, and, and see if I can mess around with those two and get them get them in the exact and just relegate piece of my heart to, you know, second and third in, in tries. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. And that's a point I wanted to make. And this is a talk about a tangent. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more on another show. But, you know, I do want to in 23 going forward, make the note that. You know, we talk about these races because there's a carryover or because where, you know, uh, a track says, hey, you know, let's do our pick six sequence. But I want to spend more time trying to highlight opportunities other than just the bigger sequence bet, because and Marshall made this point so well out in Arizona. They're they're just so darn hard to hit. And depending on what style of play you are and what your bankroll is, there may be other opportunities along the way. And I do want to spend more time highlighting those in addition to just talking about horizontal approaches. So that's just a just a note I'm throwing out there to the world to remind myself about it as much as anything else. Let's talk about this eighth race we where we've got uh, four and up Philly and Mayor New York bred maiden claimers at the twenty five thousand dollar level. They're going six furlongs. Nick, what numbers will be on your tickets? Who hold your nose and find a runner here. Huh? I mean, this is not easy. I picked the seven mentally on top. Ray Handel, I'm going to try and bookend the sequence with. He's got good numbers dropping in dirt races. This horse didn't get off to the best start last time out, rushed up a little bit and, and ended up tiring pretty abruptly. If he's putting the blinkers on, changing the jockey to Katie Davis, just looking to change things over. You know, what I kind of based some of my opinion on is it on debut all the way back in February, she was six to one in a seven horse field. So maybe there was a little discussion prior to that, that, that she could run a tad. She obviously 
had lost all of her backers by the time she made her third career start. But I think there's reason to believe that she can improve. Um, I, I don't want to completely trust the nine Kiara, but obviously she is a horse that I'll use prominently. That was a, a vastly improved race last time. And Big Bean Christine came back and won her next start. Uh, New York Supreme, who was the fourth place finisher, came back and won her next start. So, you know, it might just be as simple as taking that, uh, that Jimmy Bond runner and, um, and that's it. But I'm going to use the seven as well. The five tried again is very interesting to me. She ended up making her first dirt start in an absolute shark tank. I mean, that was a very, very tough New York bred maiden race. And I mean, she stopped on the far turn a little bit like she had bled, but she comes back now off a long layup without Lasix. So I'm guessing that wasn't the case. Um, that was also a day where the inside was very good. She was outside much of the first couple of furlongs, but again, it really didn't matter because she stopped running so early, but she's a horse I would use as well. If, uh, especially if your budget allows it. And, you know, the fourth horse I would discuss is uh, the three Franny Lou who broke slow on debut, rushed up and chased outside. But the problem here, Pete is, and I like Dave Donk, but his barn is icy. He is on a dirt losing streak in New York that dates back to Travers Eve. He has not won a dirt race in New York since Fingal's Cave won the Fleet Indian on Travers Eve. That's that's quite a, a cold streak. But this is the kind of race that I think could get you out of a cold streak, to be to be fair. And in a race this week, getting weight and just, you know, how the, the he's just one of these guys, like another one who the, his charges just typically improve more than average, I would say, second out. And it's and it's just a different. I mean, I'm just treating this horse like a first-time starter, but that has a lot of workout experience. In other words, I'm not worried at all about the eighth beaten 29 coming back in this spot. I, I did want to keep some Franny Lou on tickets. I put Try It Again on top for the reasons you said. I mean, this horse showed real hints of ability against Maiden Special Weights twice, and Maker can certainly pull off the trick of bringing them back fresh. And I, in my notes, I wrote that it's a rare instance where I'm probably happy to bet a horse with a negative buyer in the last start at the shorter end of the odd spectrum here. That's just the nature of this field. And I thought you made an excellent case on, on mentally. I think she has to be improved. It has to be included. And hopefully that 12 to one uh, morning line educated guess uh, preserves some value in a bet like this carryover pick five, though I would imagine a lot of people will be, spreading like crazy here i don't really have anything against kiara other than you know the the 0 for 8 the setup last time i just this was a favorite i was willing to take on uh, if you had very strong opinions elsewhere obviously one that probably would make sense to uh to include but uh but folks can read your full analysis over at in the money podcast.com we're gonna have a bunch more coverage later this week we're doing a ton with these cross-country bets we're gonna have a show for each day and then we're going to do another collaboration with Chappie, jeff chapman and the santa anita weekend preview show i think we might get uh Giorgio on there as well with with me and jk and we're going to look at that cal cup sequence with the mandatory payout on on saturday so that should be a lot of fun where are you mostly going to be uh, playing this this weekend where, where will your uh, where will your attention be Oh, as always, probably the, the Aqueduct Saturday card's very, very good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And a couple of the races from last Saturday that got canceled are back, including the Queens County. And then I'll certainly be keeping an eye on that coast-to-coast pick five, no doubt about it. You can, can catch me uh, with the Aqueduct analysis here, and we're ready for a big weekend. 
Excellent stuff, Nick. We thank you. We thank our sponsors at uh, First Racing, our friends over at uh, at Naira, Naira Bets, etc. We'll be back with a lot more content tomorrow. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>